It's another Radical Life podcast with Rick and Robin. We are going to pick up where we left off last time talking about addiction. And we just want to do a quick review. We want to remind our audience that we're not talking about substance abuse addictions here. We're talking about addictions that may appear to be common, normal, average things or activities. And that anybody is capable of being addicted to anything. Right. The definition of this type of addiction is being infatuated, obsessed, fixated, fanatical, abusing, hooked on, or bound to something or someone. And I shared my story in this area, so you have to listen to hear that. And these type of addictions can bring your life out of alignment. So we discussed six steps to help. Out of alignment? Out of alignment. Insinuating that your life was actually in alignment at one time? Well, it can make it even more out of alignment. (laughs) God gave us all different talents, hobbies, activities, collections. I think he created the world with everybody being different so that the world would run. Right. Um, let's say everybody was interested in space exploration. Well, then we wouldn't get anything down here on Earth. Right. Who's going to garden? We'd all be thinking about that. Who's um, going to plant? Who's going to water? Yeah, let's say every, we had no musicians in our world. Then there would be no music, and it would be a shame to have this planet with no music. So what I mean is I'm talking about the kind of things that you do, not at work, but the things you do in your free time. What's your passion that you do in your free time? Some people become experts in these areas. Let's say you're into carpentry. Let me use that as as an example. It's good for the older generation then to teach the younger generation this whatever you've become an expert in. It's it's good that you have these expertise. Um, Some people use their hobbies in a good way. They know sports, so they are a coach. Uh, I know some ladies where I worked, they have a quilting club. So their hobby is doing all these quilts and everything. Right. And what do they do? They make the quilts for seniors. They use their hobby. They use their interest to sit around and gather and have a good time together. But they use it for a charitable organization. What did the judge say who stood in front of a fair amount of ladies who spent their life quilting? I don't know. I find you all quilty. (laughs) All quilty. It's not that funny. No, it's really not that funny. Why are you laughing? I think when it's so silly, I laugh. (laughs) It's silly. Silly, all right. So we were talking about addictions and just keeping things balanced in your life. But it's hard to admit sometimes when you have a thing or an activity in your life and it can turn into an obsession or a fixation. Rick, explain to me what an idol is. An idol would be something that you put up in front of yourself that you would worship, that you would give time to, that you would pour your life into, that would not be something that would be good. Right. That would be a a not good thing to pour yourself into. That's what I see an idol to be. And God was very specific when he said, have no idols. Yes, he, Nothing that comes before me. He didn't make that a suggestion. He no, made it a commandment. It's, it's one of the big ones. He knows when he looks at your heart, if you love something more than you love him. Maybe you don't see it in yourself or maybe others don't see it in yourself, but God knows when something takes a higher priority in your life. Let's say you love cats. There's nothing... <laughs> Rick just made a face because... But listen, we know people who love cats. Yes. But what could happen if you love cats more than anything in the whole wide world? Well, you make them an idol. And you could turn into a cat lady. <laughs> just, just do crazy. 
I mean, and most of us would say, oh, we would never let it go that far. But it could take you down a path when you do something. You never know when you start to love something more than God where it's going to lead you. And I think it's important to think about that. What I'm investing in, where will this thing lead me? Where will it take me? What path will it lead me to? And you've got to listen to the Holy Spirit's voice in you. That's right. And it's good to just reevaluate, reorganize, and reexamine the things that you do. And I thought some of the things, some of the questions you could ask yourself is, one, how much money are you spending on whatever it is that you do in your free time? I had a love for tulips. So whenever I went into a store, if it had a tulip on it, I wanted to buy it. So one of the hobbies people do are they become collectors, right? And at one point, my love for tulips waned, and I put all my tulip stuff in one room, and it was ridiculous. <laughs> I stood in that room, and I looked around, and I'm like, how much money did I spend all, on all this stuff? 50 bucks. No, I spent more than 50 bucks More than 50 on bucks on tulips? Yeah, but stuff? I spent a lot of time doing it, too. And when you look at American Pickers, think about some of those people that have had huge sheds yes. full of stuff, the time and the money that they've spent on that. Now, I might see if you're going to turn it into a museum or if you're going to like sell some of the stuff. If they talk to them about how much money they spent, they like, oh, it's all right. I'm going to give it to my kids as an inheritance. Right. And then you look at the kids and they're just like, I got to sell all this stuff. Decades of a person's life. Yeah, but they love doing this. But the love got a little out of hand. Right. So I think it's important to ask yourself, how much money are you spending on what you enjoy doing? Money in itself isn't a sin, but the love of money is definitely a sin. So again, like think about how much time you're spending on something. Are you using this activity to get away from your family? Are you spending time going golfing? Because really things aren't pleasant at home. And you're saying this is just your hobby, but you're really spending the time on it. Not just because you love it, but because you don't want to be around your family. Motive. Motive. What's your motive motive for doing it? So I think that's a good question to ask. And then think about how much time do you spend just simply thinking about the activity? Thinking about when am I going to do it next? I like to shop and I would get these catalogs in the mail. I would spend hours just looking through the catalogs, looking at clothes. You know what the word is that they use for when you're looking through a catalog, right? Yeah. You pour through it. Yeah. Hours and hours, hours of pouring and through. Hours and pouring through it. How did like... they ever come up with the word pouring through it? I was just realizing that every time I got a catalog, I would spend just so much time. Well, if, <laughs> if, if somebody it. is pouring through something, they're pouring their life into it. Mm-hmm. Jesus poured himself out on the cross, we say. Mm-hmm. He, that means he emptied, himself he emptied himself for the purpose of saving the world. Right. So what are you emptying What are you yourself emptying yourself out for? Into? Good, good question. Be warned about these type of things. Does it have a hold on you? Do you feel bound to it? Is its pull on you greater than it was at first? And you should be careful because you might become enslaved to it. Right. Bondage. And again, it doesn't seem like it could be because the thing you're doing in itself isn't a sinful thing. Right. It's not like lust or something like that. Lust, you know, even just a lustful thought is sin. 
Yes. So right away, you know, you're, you're dealing with it. But, you know, going and going boating or going whatever you enjoy doing, there's nothing wrong with that if you keep it in the proper perspective. So I wanted to share another story about being a fan. All right. So that is kind of something we do, too. We become fans of things. Right. Fans of people. And we can idolize people in our life, especially sports figures, too, can be. Right. We can become a fan. Well, one love of mine that I have in my life was Star Trek. We're talking the original? Well, it didn't matter. I loved all, Any of them. I loved all things Star Trek, but I would never say that I was a Trekkie. And the reason why I didn't say that, because I would always compare myself to the worst case scenario of a fan for something. And I knew I wasn't that. I never got dressed up. I never went to conventions, you know, or anything like that. But I was a Star Trek fan. I was a true fan of it. I spent a lot of time watching it. I spent a lot of time thinking about it. I had memorabilia. I would read the books. I was really into it, and I got started on it when I was a teenager watching it in reruns. And I actually had a crush on one of the characters. So as a young girl, I became enamored by one of the characters. And that's what kind of led me into this life of loving Star Trek. Can I ask you which character? Was Dr. McCoy. McCoy. He's a cool guy. <laughs> it was definitely something that captured my heart. Hmm. What I'm leading to is I heard someone explain me. They said, like, who is Robin? And this is how they defined me. They define me as being a wife. They define me as being a mother. They define me by my talents in being administrative assistant and, you know, those skills that I do at work. They defined me as someone who loved tulips. They've defined me as someone who loves Star Trek. And finally, they defined me as someone who's very active in her church. The description was one of a linear line. Here's Robin up here. And on this linear line across are these individual things. These were like little compartments. And church was this compartment in my life. So it was viewed as just being another thing that I did. And that really started to gnaw on me. Because I don't want to be identified like that. What I do at church isn't just something else I do. It's serving my Lord. And I realized that I wanted to be defined as a Christian, a daughter of the king, part of God's family. And he created me with these other talents and loves and things that I like to do. If you use how he's created you and how he's put you together and you use those for his glory and his good, then I feel that you have things in line the way it's supposed to be. And church isn't just another thing for me. It's really Jesus who's the center of my life. And I want to be about doing everything that he's created me to be to use it for his glory. I always wondered when people gave, let's say you're into being a cyclist. Well, I hate to exercise. So I just can't, really can't relate to too many people who their thing is to do something that's exercising. But I realized that God would create someone who loves cycling. And if they keep that in the right perspective, that God wants to take that cyclist and use them in their sphere of influence. Go ahead and enjoy your activity. God 
gave it to you. He wants you to enjoy it, but he wants to use you to witness to that group, to shine Jesus into that group. That's what you need to do with who you are and where your talents are. Ask God, how can I be with all you've created me to be in every area of my life? How can I be and give you glory in those areas? So that your life isn't about pleasing yourself. Your life isn't about your job and making money. Your life isn't about what relationships that you have. Your life is about being a child of the king and then living for him. Um, I know your love is cars. Right. When I view you, I view you as someone, your love of cars has really kind of made you a bit of an expert on it. Maybe not necessarily more or less than some other guys, because lots of guys have loves for cars. God gave you this love of cars, and how has it helped you over the years? Well, I think anytime that you have an interest in something, you immediately have all these analogies that you can use for everyday living. You always like, can we just have one car? Like, you kidding? <laughs> but I want, I want 100 cars. <laughs> right. You know, I, I don't even mind having a dozen of the exact same kind because they all feel different. They ride different. They drive different. There's just something different about each one, even though they rolled off the same assembly line. To me, it's just uh, an analogy of life. We all rolled off the same assembly line. But what I see you do, when you start talking to a guy, right. you're in with him. Right. Especially like a stranger. Immediately. It's just... You can start talking about cars. Right. And, and it's something the two of you have in common. Yes, and there's no end to how far you can go with the no. conversation. I mean, you could just... I mean, seriously, you don't talk for five, ten minutes and go, well, I guess we talked that one out. But God uses that. Right. It's your tool for evangelism. Now, you're not going to be as successful talking to a computer geek guy. You're trying to find some kind of common ground that right. builds a relationship. And a lot of times... Your hobby or your interest and your talents yes. is that thing that can have you relate to someone where you can start a relationship and start talking about the Lord and what he means to you. And like, you love cars, I love cars. I love Jesus, you can love Jesus. You know, our time on earth is short. Right, very. So let's not spend it just doing our hobbies and our collections without some goal or plan of our, or objective right. on, on using that. I think if a person gets into something and they just say, well, my reason for being into this is just because I'm into it and that's it. It ends right there. I think they got the wrong perspective. Yeah, on it. It They've goes, been given that interest from God. God's, exact, given, he's, God's yeah. given them that interest. Yes, I think it, he has, and right. he wants you to use it for him. And you could still have fun in it. I mean, oh, some people think still have fun. if you put Jesus into, into it, somehow it doesn't. it's not fun anymore. I think it's even just more fun because God's there helping you reach out to others. You know, just using the analogy of cars. Yeah. Every car is a design. Mm. They're designed for, you know, even though they all roll down the road, but they're designed to ride different. And God is the grand designer of us. He's designed yes. us all to be yes. different. Yes. We all roll down the road, but we roll down the road different. Mm -hmm. So whether you're a Ford pickup truck or a VW bug, God wants to use you for his glory. Does he ever. Take everything that he's given you. That's right. Every single piece of your personality, all the things that you love to do. Right. Keep them in balance. Keep them in priorities and use them for God. That's it. And that is another part of the radical life. Woo! Radical life.
Thank you for listening again to our Tuesday Radical Life Support Podcast. Send your comments to rickandrobinmo at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, so share with your friends to get the word out. For your convenience, we are now listed on Apple Podcasts along with Google Podcasts and Spotify. You can download one of those apps and search for us on Radical Life Support, or you can go to our podcast host website at radicallifesupport.buzzsprout.com. We look forward to sharing with you more next week. And remember, living a radical life for Jesus means putting him first in your life.